we need what? When you do the reviews you do on the new gamer, we need some a-hole to read them again and send us emails. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm about to put the hate on Zelda, so maybe that'll that'll bring call it down the ire. You didn't like it. Uh, I guess I liked it well enough, but it but wasn't just, it wasn't great. It I don't know. It was mediocre. Yeah. Well, it probably was just another situation where it was too long. Zelda is good for about twenty to thirty hours. After that, you know, I don't really care about the heart containers anymore. Yeah. I think 30-some hours Zelda game is just too long. Hello, Internet. Today we have a special feature for you. Uh, there's, been some, there's been some outcry on the Internet recently in the past couple days. It appears there's been some problems. Gunbusters coming out, released by Bandai Visual, who did some pretty awesome releases of the first and second Pat Labor movies. But it's come to light of the anime public that Bandai Visual is changing a approximately 90 second clip of Chariots of Fire by Vangelis, the composers who also did the Blade Runner score because, you know, they're a little scared that they could be sued or there could be some marketing problems with it or whatever. And the internet hasn't taken too kindly to this, you know, anime fans. There's been a, a, a bit of a hubbub, let's call it. And uh, especially on the Anime Jump forums, which I frequent, which, you know, I usually like to think of as a place of reason and I guess it can't work out like that every time. Uh, one is one malcontent, especially we know him as Cogswell Pepperbox. Uh, he's here today to read some of his thoughts on why he's upset because he's complaining. He thinks these anime companies are out to get him. They're watching him with spy cameras and satellites and putting fluoride in his water and doo-doo and his lucky charms and he doesn't care for that man these guys these anime companies need to be stopped they are an offense an affront to nature and if, if you don't mind we have Cogswell Pepperbox here and we'd like him to give you uh, his, his views on why not only are the anime companies oppressing him but now the anime fans who reside in Anime Jump's forum why they're oppressing him so Cogswell if you will hello I'm gonna read a quote uh, hi, Dant. I do sympathize with you on this, despite my lackadaisical attitude towards the issue itself, and there are some days when it seems like we're never going to have our cake and eat it too, but how about this? If you didn't know there was a music edit, do you seriously think it would have ruined the viewing experience for you? Have you ever gone to see a movie knowingly as knowing a certain scene had been filmed, but then cut, or a certain actor had been cast but then booted, and the knowledge of this ruined the movie for you? Honestly, no. Using my original metaphor, if there's a hair in my omelet and I never notice, damn, that was a good omelet. In reality, the omelet is still nutritious, which is the main reason people eat omelets, for nutrition. And the chances of a hair hurting me in any real way is almost zero. But if I see it, then psychologically the experience is diminished. I'll likely say, aw, oh, nasty. And then someone will say, big deal, it's a freaking omelet. And who cares? Why should I care if there's a hair in your mouth, right? Now seriously. And I'll say, wow, you must be friends with the cook. And if you understand the joy of eating a good omelet, you'd at least be somewhat sympathetic. And they'll say, fuck you, who are you to say I don't like omelets? And then I go to the Macross world, talk to the Gumbuster fans, and verify that I'm indeed sane. Thanks, Cogswell. That no was... problem. I object. Listen, I'm going to lay it to you on the line like this. 
You don't get to say that people aren't anime fans that, because they don't care that your cartoon got edited. I'm sorry. Well, what's more absurd is his whole point about, uh, oh, you know, I'm proven sane because I talked to this other set of fans against you other set of fans. Yeah. I'm so, the anime jump fan base is far and away the most normal contained on the internet. And it's a pretty broad one, too. There are a lot of people in the Anime Jump forum. Well, there's a lot of people that are, you know, 40-year-old guy that was watching tapes brought over on J- from Japan without any subtitles. And then there's, like, 20-year-old Naruto fan who just got here. There's The whole range is represented. And for the most part, they're intelligent people. And, you know, I went in there with my one post in that thread where the guy's like, these anime companies are, they're giving it to us and this is not cool, guys, and we gotta, we gotta stand up for ourselves right now or else we're gonna be like, I don't know, the Scottish, <laughs> when the English people just <laughs> put them down. And the, Freedom! Where's William Wallace? We need, to we need someone to get drawn and quartered by Bandai. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do that, right? And then everyone's like, hmm. <laughs> No. I don't really care. So I made my one post that said, yo, guy, calm down. Maybe when you grow up, you'll realize that this is not the biggest deal in the world. Even in some ways, yes, it does suck. But in some other ways, it's still a cartoon. Yeah. And it's not even that great of a cartoon. The other thing you got to remember is they might have a legitimate concern. The legality of this situation might be murky enough that a company, a small anime company in America, doesn't have the resources available... To sort it out or to fight a possible lawsuit. Well, a lot of people said, well, why didn't they go Why didn't they go to bat? Because they were never threatened with a suit. But the thing is, as soon as that topic is breached, it starts costing you money. Yeah, because no you are already paying a lawyer yeah. to go and look this over and to cover your butt. Because that's smart. You don't just fly blind into the storm thinking, yeah. oh, I hope these navigation instruments are correct. On the ground, when you have a mechanic, you have him check. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go, they're not going to release the DVD, you know, come what may, and where the best situation they can do getting out of that, if the licensor perks up and says, hey, that's not cool, is they just waste a bunch of money pressing these DVDs that are now useless. Worst, you know, they're going to be sued into the ground, and then Bandai Visual, which is a Japanese-owned company, this is not like... Bandai of America, whose relationship is slightly more murky. Bandai Visual is an American branch of the Japanese company. There's okay. no middleman. They'll be like, well, we're never coming back to America. F you guys. When their past two releases have proven that this is a company that releases pretty awesome quality stuff. Yeah. And I do understand it sucks to remove 90 seconds of iconic music or whatever from your show. I would be pretty sad if they released a version of Bubblegum Crisis. And it didn't have Konyawa Hurricane or Mad Machine. But the problem is, Konyawa Hurricane and Mad Machine are proprietary to well, Bubblegum yeah. Crisis. Obviously, this is not the best example. <laughs> you know, but I think you can live without Chariots of Fire, even if it doesn't you could just stink. Think about it in your head. Yes! Like, who doesn't? When you say the Chariots of Fire song, that's not even the name of the song. Yeah. But everybody immediately knows exactly what you're talking about. So if it's really upsetting you, because it's a slow motion scene and there's no dialogue happening. Just put on mute. Yeah, and or just go. Let's be frank. I mean, this is a show about a girl with a robot and breasts. <laughs> Wait, who has the breasts? The robot or the girl? Both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they totally rub it. Ah, next topic. 
But the other, yeah, you make a good point when you say this is just a not very good cartoon. It's not like somebody's trying to censor La Pieta. It's like, oh, I don't want a religious icon on display for the public, even though it's a priceless work of art that has, you know, been around for thousands, or not thousands, but hundreds of years. Or when it, there's not as much at stake as when, you know, New York tries to ban the, sh- or when Catholic groups in New York try to stop someone from showing a picture of the Virgin Mary that has been drawn with elephant doo-doo. Yeah. And I mean, I might not agree with it personally, but there are actual things at stake in those arguments because it's about real art and real freedom of speech. Well, I tend to agree that all art should be protected. And whatever, you want to call cartoons pop art, that's fine. All TV can be considered pop art. But at the same time, it's TV. And I get the feeling that a lot of people over in Japan... One of the guys in this thread made the comment, some show that was just on TV, and they changed the background music, and most people didn't even notice. Because what happens if they change the background music in 24? We wouldn't know. (laughs) We'd have no idea. And probably most of the Japanese people wouldn't know if they took Chariots of Fire. It's got to be because this is such an iconic song. Well, it's yeah, that's really the problem. It's recognizable. I mean, at the same time, it's not really a problem because there's lots of other music out there that could easily stand in. I mean, you could hire a composer to do something for like 30 seconds and it probably wouldn't cost you that much money and it might even work better with the scene. Who Who knows? knows? (laughs) The new and improved versions. So this, uh, I guess we're Fast Karate for the Gentleman. This is a podcast for (laughs) February 10th. Now 11 minutes into the podcast. Uh Dave and Joel at gmail.com, stupid audio thing that we don't even like. That has the worst <laughs> I user. hate you, audio. I worst, hate you. Worst user interface ever. I'm sorry. It sucks. <laughs> and you can't even download the MP3s because it's broken. So every time we want to play a voicemail, I have to play it in the browser and then record it. Ouch. So thanks, audio. You suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> and when I email your tech support and they say, oh, it looks like it's working. Well, it's not. <laughs> And when I give you very clear descriptions of my problems and you say, well, it works for me, when nobody else on the internet can get it to work, I don't know, maybe because you're sitting in the next room over from the server or something, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. We're talking about GoGo13, which is a streamlined release show from back in the days when anime was awesome. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> streamlined was the hot shit. <laughs> they, I, don't, I can't think of a streamlined show. That I don't like. Yeah. What, uh, Lily Cat? Akira? These are classics. I mean, maybe Gogo. We'll talk about Gogo 13, and my feelings about it are now mixed since I'm not, you know, my feelings a hormone ridden 13 year old. However, I'm not 13 years old. To tie this in with our previous topic, if you were ever afraid of anime censorship, Golgo 13 should assuage any feelings of anxiety you ever had about Curi- them not releasing something. Curiously or parsing enough, it down. Streamline and their evil overlord, Carl Masick, is responsible for every dub we've ever loved. <laughs> edited relatively little out of their stuff. I mean, the, what was edited out of the original cut of Golgo 13, which is this is the original cut that we watched on yeah. DVD, was. The intro sequence with the horrible stop-motion skeleton. Yeah, so they edited out the straight garbage. Yeah. And they left in the almost pornography. And it's true (laughs) that the theme song does totally rock. (laughs) And by missing out on that, we did lose a lot back in 1991. When you said that, I I was trying to think back to how Golgo 13 started. And I think it did... 
for some reason I'm I pretty can't... sure it starts on the boat yeah it does start on the boat and the yeah because they what they do is they just splice in like they the boat is coming across the water and they just splice in the credits and black screen across that while the speech is going on yeah instead of having the theme song with the stop motion skeleton shooting itself I guess yeah, and then being covered in acrylic paint well that the represents problem, blood it loses its own head then that head gets shot <laughs> and then starts bleeding and then starts bleeding paint. After it bites the bullet, its head explodes. Anyway. Bites the bullet in the non-metaphorical sense. Needless to say, it was awesome. Yeah. This was... This is why you watch cinema. (laughs) Alright. Golgo 13. Just from straight animation standpoint, it is three styles of animation (laughs) wrapped into one. It has stop-motion intro... Hand-drawn animation, and then the sweetest computer graphics since Tron. (laughs) Since Tron, this stuff was... (laughs) It's on a whole other level. Don't even compare it to Tron. (laughs) I think Tron might actually have been hand-drawn. I don't know. Someone send us an email confirming or telling me I'm an idiot. Okay. So, it's almost impossible for people on the internet to not know what Goga 13 is. Or at least people who listen to this podcast. Because pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast got here through Anime World Order. And uh, it's a well-known fact that Daryl Surratt, uh, let's say masturbates to Goga 13. He wishes Golgo 13 was his dad. Or his boyfriend. <laughs> I'm going to stick with dad. But let's be fair. Because I don't want to throw up. I would take either of those as well. <laughs> so there's no shame on you, Surratt, for this. It's true. Yeah, Gogo 13... Uh, yeah, on, if, the, on the chance that you don't know who Gogo 13 is, we will define his, uh, his core, his essence of being. Alright, now you take Kinshiro, and you take away the Hokuto no Ken. I know what you're thinking, you're like, hey, that's crazy! Kinshiro can't exist without the Hokuto no Ken. And I'm like, but wait, there's Gogo 13. And how can those two compare? Gogo 13 shoots people with guns. And you're thinking, that's not as bad as punching people. It's true, but he also has hardcore sex with like 20,000 women. And <laughs> then. That's just in this movie. You take those hands and you put it. And then you realize you're right. Karate plus badass equals awesome. And then so you take away karate and you get badass. And then you throw in hot women and you get awesome again. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the periodic table of awesome. Well, it's this trend. You take babonium. You got A plus B plus. <laughs> Equals C, and then A plus D equals C, so B equals D. Yeah. Gogo 13 literally displays no emotion in the entire movie. Women he just slept with are getting killed by him <laughs> and by other people. It, it doesn't matter. He's the coldest man alive. I think that's got to be my favorite part of the movie, is that he has sex with the woman he's set to kill. And then kills her. After she's fallen in love with him. (laughs) And you're laughing and you're thinking, that is truly awful. And you're right, it is awful. It's so awful. It's hilarious. You you can't even conceive. It blows your mind. I mean, at least Kinshiro loved Julia. He never, like, fell in love with Julia. You know, at least Kinshiro... Then gave her the hundred hands. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, now that we've made love, Julia... I know that you've betrayed me. You're right, I have. And then she blows up. Uh, the other thing is... Gogo 13, I think, was a project put forward by Japanese men 
to set back the feminist movement as far as humanly possible. <laughs> this is like demoralizing them from the inside <laughs> out. They're like, we're going to take the rug right from under these feminists. They have no chance. And you know what? It worked. Because it still sucks to be a girl in Japan. I mean, even it, though, I mean, it's not like it, it posits some philosophy of manliness. Basically, all it does is just put Are everything that feminism is against and then just... Going all the way. It's like a Throwing tidal wave of misogyny. Like of like right all over the canvas. No matter how many like very you know cogent essays you write in uh, respected academic journals, Go-Go, Go-Go 13, 13 will set them all on fire. They're still going to have a movie where a fat ex-Nazi billionaire, billionaire, is having sex with four women at the same time in his 48-story penthouse. But I mean, even that... You're right. That is a pretty bad part. I mean, there's also the fact that, you know, you've got the empowered woman who takes it upon herself to walk around naked constantly. Yeah. Dr. Z is, you know, Dr. Z, the mafia guy who's hiding out and Golgo is sent to kill, is actually a woman. Spoilers. Poisoning as Dr. Z's daughter. I don't care. This is definitely Statues of Eliminations. Yeah. Who cares? Like, this movie... you. You, you don't watch Golgo 13 to be surprised. Yeah. You watch it because when that guy jumps out the window, Golgo's going to shoot him before he hits the ground. <laughs> His death was already in the cards. He had 78 stories to fall. <laughs> he had long enough to complete that monologue. Yeah. I wonder if Golgo was like looking at his watch, wondering, I wonder what his final thought will be when I blow his brains out just before he hits the ground. Yeah. So let's go back to... Gogo 13. Gogo 13 is like Steve McQueen and a gorilla and a bear made love <laughs> and somehow had a single child. And that child was then raised in a Skinner box <laughs> so that it had no feelings of compassion for anybody in the world. Well, you wonder, his contract is always a million dollars. So this guy obviously loves what he does. Let's say that much. <laughs> Because you wouldn't have to kill too many people making a million dollars a pop to live comfortably. And he, he kills three people on contract in this movie. Yeah. And then, you know, never mind the collateral damage. If he got... I mean, I wonder if he, if he, if he works out, like, incidentals in an assassination yeah. contract. Does he have a, a per diem? Are there, are there bodyguards? How much am I going to get per bodyguard? I mean, I understand it's not necessarily part of it, but it's going to cost me bullets and time and... Yeah. I'm just going to include that as $500 a pop. And you know, so then the guy... Need like an itemized The guy invoice. gets the invoice and he's like, I thought this only cost a million, $20 million. He, over, like, he, he just sees that top part. $20 million and he folds it down. It's like, all right, now, Rupert Murdoch got hit for, you know, the million. We got Snake Man with the yo-yos. The there Razor are... yo-yos. We got twin assassins from the Amazon. It's like an accountant there like punching into a... Sorry, we got twin assassins Where from the Amazon. visor and like the armbands that hold the shit. We got the team of CIA knife wielders. Right. Uh, One of them had a hook hand. That's an extra $55,000. An, an army brigade. Oh, he really... He hit us for 200000 on a helicopter that crashed into the building. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But yeah, Gogo 13 is... He's so cold. Like, you know that... You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. It's like that song, except there was never any love to sacrifice. Well, there was the love of other people, 
and he sacrifices them quite readily. <laughs> so, see, the thing is, when he's not on contract to kill someone he's just had sex with, he's not very proactive in their demise, <laughs> but it still occurs around him. Just to, like, prove how callous he is, uh, in all the lovemaking scenes... His face, well, I don't, in any of the scenes, his face is exactly the same, he regardless of what's happening. He could be making love to a woman, uh, uh, you know, putting a hand grenade into some dude's mouth, or I don't know, baking a pie. It's all the same face, no matter how delicious the pie is. That's the mask of solitude worn by a man who's seen the pains of so many others. See, that's the great thing about GoGo13 is that it's not even introspective. (laughs) Like, there's no excuse given for his behavior. He's just like a dick. (laughs) He really is. And they make you totally want to identify with him. Why? Because you don't want to get killed by the slightly homoerotic twins that killed all those people in the Amazon. So you have to be GoGo13 or you're getting taken out by some... Yeah, otherwise, what's your other options? Exactly. Like rich dude's daughter that gets raped in order to secure the death of GoGo13. You don't want to be anybody in this movie, all right? You're either daughter that's crippled by grandfather's lust for revenge... uh, Granddaughter that's crippled by grandfather's (laughs) lust for revenge... Dead guy one through a million... (laughs) Uh, actually, yeah, that's everyone. Everyone dies. Except, I, I think the daughter The and, daughter is the only one that lives. And the girl, that, or the wife of the guy who gets killed in the beginning, who becomes yeah. a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Which is like, still, it's way better than dying. So what options do I have? I have to be Golgo 13. <laughs> which means... Because which, the only way you're getting out of this movie was some form of dignity. <laughs> and even that. <laughs> I, I really wish they would have like included more scenes of him eating. Or I just, like, imagine, like, what it would be like. The downtime. Like, he wakes up, he doesn't yawn, because that might be a different expression. So he just, like, he sits straight up in bed, you know, pushes the three women he made love with off of him, goes downstairs, he's, like, making an egg, listening to the radio, (laughs) sits down, he's eating the egg, doesn't even look down, he's just staring straight ahead into nothing. And he's, you know... He's still wearing the sunglasses. Yeah, he's still wearing the sunglasses. (laughs) He's in a pool, wearing sunglasses. Well, he doesn't wear the sunglasses all the time. They get knocked off when he gets hit. Yeah. Or, I guess, when he's making love. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The sunglasses might actually be more comforting to the people yeah, involved in that, trans- that steely eyes. that relationship. <laughs> it's like, you're on your own, lady. Next I'm- time I'm going to try that, I'm going to be like, making love. <laughs> Just stare at the corner of the ceiling. Like, totally deadpan. No emotion at all. All right, this is happening around me like he doesn't even grab a butt or anything <laughs> there are a couple scenes where he where he he's involved in those things that you would normally associate with making love you know maybe he kisses someone well, he actually never kisses anybody maybe he'll, that's too intimate that on top of her with the arms wrapped around their back like one around the shoulders and one scooping up the lower back but i gotta believe that they were like the woman somehow forced him into that by well, you know shifting you in force an awkward Go-Go way 13 to do anything <laughs> you just sit back and enjoy the ride what other things happen in golgo 13 besides you know uh, killing terrifying lovemaking they need to find a way to combine the two <laughs> like he's finally infiltrated the mafia cell <laughs> And just as he's about to shoot a wad in Dr. Z, he just caps her in the head with his pistol. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Truly, that is awful. However, yeah, that's almost exactly what happened. Yeah, it's 13 already. <laughs> oh, well, who are, who's the other cast characters? you got the snake assassin who kills people with wires. Yeah, yo-yos. Razor yo-yos. Pew. 
And you've got the the three CIA assassins, one of which is uh you know from the Never Neverland division, trained <laughs> by Captain Hook and the Hook Arts. They have this guy who's like a super he's the, part of the anti Peter Pan squad. <laughs> yeah, super your super trained CIA assassin uses a hook. First of all, how do you get close to somebody when your hand is a hook? He's probably got like a prosthetic hand, like he pulls a glove over it, he's just like walking down the street, and then that Go Go 13 action music, like that starts playing, and he like throws the glove off, and he's got the hook. Yeah! <laughs> Yar, baby! But That's the to... only problem. He he's can never a... sneak up on anyone. Yeah, he's the only. Because <laughs> he always makes pirate noises. <laughs> he's really, I mean, he's. You feel bad for him because he's got a hook for a hand. But I think I feel even worse for the guy on that team that only has one knife. Yeah, because the other guy comes in with two. <laughs> yeah, you've got hook for hand, two knives, and, and then, then the knife. One knife guy. I don't know if he's like the lowest man on the totem pole, yeah, and he's just he's waiting to work his way up. He just got recruited. Here's your knife. Don't I get a gun? Not in this army, soldier. I guess they're in the CIA, so they're too hardcore for guns. You know who's not too hardcore for guns? Go Go 13. Which is, I'm sure, the only reason he survives this movie. You know what he's too hardcore for? Sniper rifles. Don't yes. need them. <laughs> he can shoot somebody from, I don't know, 30 miles away with an M16. It's a modified M16, mind you. Yeah. But still, in the, in the well, what was the beginning scene in the VHS days when he assassinates the son of oil executive <laughs> Leonard Dawson, which starts this whole chain of events... He's got to be a mile away from this boat, sniping from a lighthouse. And he, he loads the clip with one bullet because, you know, he only needs one. In reality, he doesn't even need that one bullet. He's just using it to make people feel better. Because otherwise, <laughs> if he killed him with no bullets from that far away, with mind beams... The guy just passes out. It's like, what happened to him? And Golgo13, like, closes a briefcase. It's like You see him with, like, two fingers on this template. <laughs> I burst into flame, his head pops off. He's like, he combines all the abilities from Scanners, Fist of the North Star, uh, what, are, what are other ones where people teleport death to others? I don't even know. So, what's great is that he doesn't... So he's using this gun, the M16, which is not a gun you snipe with anyway. I, it's a rifle, and rifles shoot bullets further and more accurately than pistols. But still... Uh, so he's using this gun that he really should not be shooting this far away. And in every situation, he just stabilizes it by holding it. He doesn't even put it down on the wall, which is right there. He could as easily have his little bipod and just stick it on the... the there's like a ledge right in front of him, but this is too much for GoGo13. Because Dave, his nerves are so iron. That- Dave, I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm going to tell you something. Not even a building can stop Golgo 13 from getting his target. Because that uh, ex-Nazi we were talking about, after Golgo kills the first person, his oil tycoon father becomes obsessed with the idea of killing Golgo 13. These guys, so because he's obsessed, he you know takes over the U.S. government for a little while. And, uh, Which is a relatively easy thing to do when you're an oil tycoon or has, petroleum king. As petroleum they king? Isn't that what our current president is anyway? Curiously enough. Uh, but anyway, so Golgo, the, the FBI, the CIA, and the Pentagon, apparently the Pentagon represents a branch of the security services in America. Uh, they're all onto Golgo, and they know 
that he's got to shoot this guy from one of these three buildings. But what they did not suspect was that Gogo was going to shoot him from a building behind one of the other buildings through an office. And I got to... I always wonder if Gogo gets on the radio right before he shoots somebody and, like, calls the shot. It's like in pool, it's like two bumpers. But instead, it's like three windows through a building, through bulletproof bulletproof glass. Missing the hooker. Missing the hooker right in the eyeball or near the eyeball. Because, I mean, who knows? It could hit anywhere in his head, but it's going to hit his head. (laughs) By that point, I mean, would you really fault him? For not giving you the exact location on the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the other assassins are just like, come on. Oh, he did it. I'm, I'm going to go back to... <laughs> you I'm going to go back to veterinary school. Like the guitar case with the machine gun in. And he's like, damn. <laughs> he just sulks off. His spurs clinking as he walks yeah. away. <laughs> Gets on his horse and rides away. But Oh, yeah. man. So, I mean, Golgo is amazing with guns. Which I guess is his special ability. And this special ability is actually surprisingly rare among the world's assassins because nobody else uses them. We already described, like, the knife team and, like, ninja wire. But the last assassins he faces, which are the, you know, Amazonian, or the twins that survived the death mission in the Amazon, which all they really did was, you know, kill 2,000 gorillas. I mean, come on, GoGo13 does that before 9 a.m. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) They don't do really anything. All they are is, like, I guess... Karate something, maybe. One of them has, like, a metal hand. Yeah. They're sort of... It's like Dr. Claw. <laughs> well, they're called Gold and Silver, which, you know, makes them the gayest assassination team ever. <laughs> it's a good thing they never actually speak, because then we would all know they talk like this. Hey! Well, they do giggle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're Gold and Silver! We're gonna kill you! You don't expect a lot of giggling from trained killers. They're supposed to be insane, Dave. They're crazy. They're crazy. They don't even care when someone bashes them in the head with a butt of a revolver for nigh on 15 minutes. <laughs> That's the other... Yeah. Apparently, these guys' ability is uh, extreme durability in spite of how effeminate they are. Yeah. You know, you figure a leotard is not too good at blocking bullets. We discussed that last week with the Guyver. Leotard, <laughs> not your key for protection. <laughs> But yet, <laughs> taking three of the chests from a thirty-eight, not enough to stop you. That's 100% pure bed crazy. <laughs> Immunity to physical harm. Yeah, I would imagine. Gross imag- physical harm. <laughs> this was, yeah, it's not like Golgo was just punching him. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's typical movie logic. That too. Yeah. But. People get punched, and, you know, they get punched three times in the face with consecutive haymakers, and they're, they're still in the fight. Which happens in this movie. <laughs> But these guys get shot. Not even just kind of shot. Center yeah. of mass, three times a piece shot. We're not, yeah, we're not talking about the grazing shoulder shot or even the 24 Tony Almeida gets shot in the neck and is back in three hours. <laughs> yeah, take that, 50 cent. <laughs> yeah, big deal. How many times did you get shot? Like, like nine times. Was it all at once, though? Well, no. How many of them were in the center of your body? Like three, maybe, but most of them were in the shoulder and the hand. Whatever. <laughs> and so, like, Silver and Gold are like... They do a lot of screaming. And Gogo eventually takes them out in a... Well, Gold really takes a beating. Yeah. Like, hardcore. And then gets shot five more times. Because, you know, confirm your kill. But then Silver comes, and he goes out like a champ. Yeah. And by a champ... 
I mean, he gets a grenade stuffed in his mouth. And then his head is torn off his body at the neck, inexplicably. And then he lights on fire. <laughs> and you're just... That's when you realize... I mean, if you didn't already know it, that's when you realize they're just trying to be cool, I guess. And they are. It they works. are cool. It's not like... It would have been really great, though, if he had stuffed the grenade down his shirt collar. <laughs> I would not have seen that coming. Like, I've seen a grenade in the mouth, and, you know, the mouth is like, oh, it would be really creepy if someone stuffed something in your mouth. But it's kind of like the ice cube down your back. Yeah. Like, in a shirt. It's like, oh, that's hard to get out. What he should do is pull his surprise down and then jam it up his ass. <laughs> it's like, surprise, that wasn't an ice cube. It was an ice-cold hand grenade I've been keeping in the freezer for a week and a half. <laughs> Just for this purpose. Joke's on you, sucker. And then it blows off my Clark, head. Clark, I'm dead. <laughs> but really, Golgo 13 seals the deal. When he meets up with the uh, the tycoon, yeah, the petroleum king, if you will, <laughs> who explains to him the guy who hired you to kill me, or to the guy who hired you to kill my son was my son, and I'm so angry at him, er, that I am <laughs> now trying to kill you. Yeah, talk about your displacement. Yeah, displa- Talk about your displacement <laughs> of anger. <laughs> It's like, hey, buddy, I'm just, you know, I might as well be cooking your food or cleaning your house. I'm just here to do a job that somebody else doesn't want to do. <laughs> All these Japanese immigrant assassins are taking American jobs. They took our jobs. Satri explains all that. He promptly jumps out of the building. And I guess he's, like, smiling, you know, reminiscing about his kid. Yeah, and then, bam, Gogo caps him right in the head before he hits the ground. Always gets his man. Even if his man has committed suicide. Well, you know, if you shoot somebody on the way down, that's murder. <laughs> and Gogo's not about to have that kill count <laughs> taken away from him. He's carving it into his arm with a knife right now. 39. <laughs> like, I love it. like they, they show the guy looking up as he's falling, and then the Gogo leans out, and he points his two fingers at his eyes, and then yeah. he points down at it. It's <laughs> like a plan. He does, like, the finger across the neck. You're dead. <laughs> Oh, I know I'm dead. No, you're dead. Bam! It's like some guy's trying to kill... Like, one of Golgo's, you know, targets figures out that Golgo's after him. And he's... So he I can't survive! So he tries, to, he tries to slit his wrist in the bathroom. And as soon as he cuts into the second one, Golgo pops out of the sink drain and punches him in the face so hard he dies. No, Golgo performs first aid on him and brings him to the <laughs> Resuscitates him. He's like, you're not gonna die on me! <laughs> he like and then he it. blows up the ambulance. <laughs> Like, Two drivers, that's a bonus. <laughs> they were points. They were bodyguards. That's going on the incidentals. <laughs> EMTs, that doesn't count as a bodyguard. In fact, he, they were trying to save his life. under the gurney, and then he throws morphine syringes in their eyes, and then he blows up the ambulance. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> There's so many things in an ambulance you could kill somebody with. <laughs> Which is sort of, I mean... He, like, takes the shock paddles and hits them in the side of the head. Uh, then it would just be ironic. <laughs> These implements that are made to bring life. If misapplied. Oh, <laughs> uh, Gogo13. I hate myself for loving you. I hate myself for not being you, Gogo13. <laughs> I think next week we should keep this train rolling and do Wicked City. We cannot do Wicked City. We can, because it's the best movie we ever can't made. Keep pro- we can't keep producing shows that Kathy can't listen to. <laughs> Does she listen to them anyway? No, but sometimes I like to. <laughs>